1: Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. That's Peyton Jones. We're picking it up right where we were. Go for it.
2: Right. So, hey, guys, we're in the middle of a, of a conversation. We didn't hit record. So, um, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Peyton Jones, and I'm here with Pete Mitchell. And we were talking about First Amendment. And to catch you up, we were just talking a little bit about um, I'm less concerned about Facebook and Twitter saying that I, you know, that they have a policy and we got to buy, it. I'm, I'm less concerned. What I'm more concerned about right now is that we are probably entering into a time where the government is going to start telling you what you can and cannot say. For example- Welcome um, to the UK. Right. A- after this now, um, you know, after what happened at the Capitol, what will probably happen is they will, they will say that false information kills and that it's now a safety issue. And therefore, um, like when you try to legislate evil and uh, crime out of humanity, it doesn't work. But um, if you remember, you know, uh, in this country, um, during the American revolution, we had um, loyalists who did, who believed that the King had a right to rule. And, um, and the uh, seditionists, who would we would call our founding fathers, who believe no, it is that all men are created equal. Now, I will state to you that um, it was pretty well accepted the divine right of kings um, at that point. That God, they took that from the Bible. They believe that that God raised kings up. That you were, um, they called him a sovereign for a reason because um, God was. Uh, it has sovereignly enabled them to rule, yada, yada, yada. And the founding fathers, and, and this is where I'm going with this, it, it was a false information act. It had that existed at that time, which I'm sure something like unto it existed, um, you could say, well, that's false information. That's going to get people killed. With that, kind of, with that kind of restriction on people, I mean, if you look in the news today, um, most of our news, quote, unquote, is opinion pieces, they're just right. opinions, You know, um, most news today coming from uh, whether it's right or left is gossip rag. A, a reputable source close to the administration tells us that Trump had a temper tantrum or someone close to Pelosi has noticed that she has a drinking problem. It's all it's all gossip and hearsay. N- none of it's true. Um, conspiracy theories. Ninety nine percent of those aren't true, um, and and so we're at a place now where God help us if other people are going to be well, they'll say the same thing about
1: what's true. They'll they'll say the same thing about anything religious. It's false yeah. information. You can't prove that exactly any of that happened, and you know Jesus didn't walk on water, and I mean.
2: Well, like for example, let's let's go into any anything. Let's say things like um, oh, let's say the LGBT issue. Um, now you know I am you know when we pastored Long Beach, I mean, one third of our people in the church at any one given time were from the LGBT, and we didn't soft pedal the gospel. We didn't take out Romans one or two. I mean, we we were very faithful to scripture, but we were kind of like for people, uh, uh, they would find God and their life would start, God would start working on, on all different areas of their life, um, you know, throughout, like anyone else, right? Like you come to Christ, you, you repent of, you don't repent of necessarily everything. I know there's people out there, well, you have to, you repent of what you know, right? And then, <laughs> As sanctification goes on, right? You you continually repent. I mean, I don't think you ever stop repenting, as a Christian.
1: Um, I, mean, I certainly haven't. <laughs> not, not when you're honest with yourself. You're like, oh yeah, Jesus ain't too happy with that move right there.
2: But you you know, and, and people have talked about this for a long time. That just saying that God, even if you kept it as simple as God has a simple plan for your life, or God has a different plan for your life. I believe God has a different plan. I believe the Bible teaches God has a different plan for your life um, and and wants to restore you, yada, yada. Um, That would be seen as hate speech. It would be seen as untrue. They could say, well, scientists have said, which for years we were told that science was on the side of um, justifying um, homosexual orientation, where recently they came back and said, actually, there's no proof for that. All the studies have demonstrated that there actually is no proof it's nature. It may be nurture. And, uh, and I have those articles, you know, which came from, you know, mainstream scientific community um, was in national geographic was in scientific. I'm surprised they put it out. Well, and that's the thing, right? We're again, it political, these things become politicized. And so when the government begins to, this was what we were meant to, Like, I don't care if you call it false information. Most opinions are considered by those who do not hold them as false information. And when it comes to America, we're just a bunch. I I love what Rich Mullins said. Rich Mullins put it this way. He said, only God is true. The rest of us are just guessing. Right. Only God holds the truth. So. Most of what you and I think, Pete, we're guessing. We're doing our best. Like Everybody else out there is guessing. So when a bunch of people that are guessing want to tell us what's true um, and, and make laws about what you can and can't say, I, I get a little nervous. You know? That, well, that's that's
1: me. one of the reasons. I mean, I, I look at a lot of the stuff that we see happening in the UK. Um, <laughs> you know, people being arrested for what they tweet, for liking tweets. Uh, I ran. Oh, my gosh, dude. You like the wrong facebook post you might be disappeared you know what i'm saying like i look at that and i'm like that is just crazy yeah like yeah
2: yeah i mean twitter and twitter and facebook i don't care i don't care if they want to say hey that's against our policy i'm totally cool with that but um but yeah i mean our government and 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 i don't i don't have a problem with even cancel culture there you know uh, that's nothing new that's always been around this is my view of humanity and society society has never grown beyond a high school mentality and always in high school if you remember you know there was a small group of people the the cool kids or the elite crowd at on um, your high school campus they somehow had had clicked into what was cool and what was in everybody wanted what was, you know, what they had and they were, they were popular and everybody was in awe of them. The major the overwhelming majority, 96, 97, maybe even ninety-eight percent of your high school campus well, was not in that crowd.
1: Well, let me just say those of us that were in the one percent, it's because of how attractive we were.
2: That is true. And I did notice that about you, but, um, but you know, the, the, and society is very much the same, right? Is that somehow there's a, there's a small group of people. I don't know what the psychology of this is. They define and and somehow everybody accepts these values. Somehow everybody accepts that these things are so, and the, everybody else falls in line, accepts the system. And, um, and, and, but most people are, you know, they, they don't actually operate by those values. And that's that's how I see society. Um, somehow we've just created another version in society, particularly with Facebook, Twitter, social media, Instagram. It's all about being liked and being popular. Yeah. And it's almost taken, you know, in high school, I could remember being... By the I wasn't way, Steve, cool. you're a jerk. <laughs> you see what he
1: said? <laughs> no. Steve goes, so where did it all go wrong for you, Pete Mitchell? You know, meaning I'm no longer attractive.
2: <laughs> That's so funny. That's great. So, uh, you know, but here's the thing, man, is that, you know, at some point I, I can remember in high school, like I wasn't cool. I had hair down in my butt. I dressed like I was in the red hot chili peppers. That was kind of my, my jam. And, uh, in fact, I should throw some pictures up on Facebook. I don't want to threaten you and scare you all, but... Um, when you
1: had I, hair, it's actually really quite funny seeing those pictures of you. It is.
2: It is. I'll throw a picture up later today. Because you do look um, like Red Hot
1: Chili Peppers. It's just hilarious.
2: I, that was my jam. Just and, a really uh,
1: short version.
2: Oh, oh I, I, I wanted to have Tucson? a pair of chaps. <laughs> no, no, it's all right, because I was incredibly sexy and, and, and handsome, <laughs> so it was all right. But I, I, I had this... Um, I, I had this dream, like, if I could get what Flea had from the Chili Peppers, he had a, like, set of chaps that he planned that was made out of stuffed animals. Now, that that would have been my fashion statement back then. Cruise onto campus, maybe have a big cowboy hat made out of stuffed animals. That would have been legit. But, uh, but anyways, so... Um, but you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be popular. I wasn't trying to be cool. I wasn't trying to be anything. I was just, I remember thinking, yeah, you guys are lame. You know, this so high school's lame. I'm here cause I have to be, that was my attitude. And in fact, in order to graduate, I had to go to, um, ROP. You remember ROP, it was like, yeah. uh, almost like trade school. So you could graduate on time. So I went to ROP, um, afterwards in health sciences, which is how I became a nurse um, because I had to graduate in the the electronics course, my car had blown up, and I couldn't make it to Mission Viejo where I had to go for that on a Saturday. So I was like, "Well, I can make it with a buddy of mine over to uh, Westminster nursing home." And so I'd go to this nursing home every day after school to graduate on time and watch old people die. Now, I'm gonna tell you something, man. If you uh, if if you ever need something to kind of sober you up from a high school mentality. You go do ROP after school where you show up, you know, on Tuesday and Mr. Johnson's not there anymore. Because Mr. Johnson died on Monday after you left. You know, a guy that you interacted with every day and you watch people dying, you heard their regrets, and you heard them saying, If I could do it all over again, don't waste your youth, yada yada. It just makes you think, man. Mm. So that that was a that was a gift in and of itself. But we're digressing off the topic. I think that's because I'm talking. Those two things you lease
1: on. I don't even know what the topic was anymore
2: we didn't have one and man that was the the the
1: that was like um we skipped right past smack talk and went right into the topic
2: well it it was like when uh philip yancey was on jumping into that conversation i was a little bit late to that one
1: hey phil (laughs) philip and then you just insist on calling him phil the rest of the call every time philip Uh, 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 (laughs) philip philip sorry philip (laughs)
2: Yes. Yeah, the day that we made Philip Yancy mad. And I love that dude. So no, no shade cast his way. He's awesome. He, he was way out of our league. I mean, what am I know, doing on these guys'
1: podcast?
2: I know uh, how many, how many people thought that once they got on our podcast, like, because we weren't any different.
1: We do well, this. The thing is, and, and this was a credit to us. We were eight years ahead of the curve. Right. So now everyone's got a podcast. And so back then it was like, oh, you want me on a podcast? Well, I heard about these newfangled things. I should go That's out be a guest sweet. on your show.
2: And it was Church Planner Magazine. Man, did we sound fancy.
1: I know, right? You know?
2: But uh, I'll never forget Pete's, Pete's on there. And I'm like a couple minutes late, as per usual, back in those days. And Pete's, Pete's holding down the port as Philip Yancey shown up to this podcast. All professional, ready to talk about his new book. And I clicked the link. And for some reason in my head, I was like a drop ship trooper. And, you know, I was, was it dropping jump into battle. Was it
1: jump school? Be honest. No, because I went school. like
2: this. I, I, I had my headphones on. Remember we used to have the, the fancy headphones? I had them on. <laughs> I drop into the car and I go.
1: <laughs> no one could hear you. Your mic like cut out when you did oh, that. Oh, did it?
2: Yeah. yeah so I, I'll do it back
1: here. Wow. What mic are you using? It sucks. What's it doing? What's it doing?
2: I Do got you, a good mic.
1: Did you even? I think my
2: settings are wrong.
1: Yeah, it's got to be.
2: Yeah. I think. It, on, oh, you know, it's muffling whatever in the, in the background.
1: On your uh, on your Zoom thing, where it has a little mute button and the the up carrot, yeah. click on that and see what mic is selected.
2: Samson G Pro.
1: It is the right one.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: I have something where it mutes the background. Noise uh, because I got power tools going. So that's sure. why I was amazed you could. Oh, do that
1: that's probably why it's so doing it.
2: That's what, if it goes. Yeah. So
1: just, I'll do it quiet. Anymore. this would be my sultry version of. Do church planners get free t-shirts because that's why I'm here. <laughs> Rob Goodell <laughs> says that. <laughs>
2: So yes, they're in. they're free,
1: I, but it's only $29.99 for shipping.
2: What what are you selling on Facebook Live that I'm not aware of right now? What's happening?
1: I don't know. All I did was post our podcast like I normally do, but it's a Wednesday. Everyone's like, oh, it's Wednesday and they're doing a podcast. Let's show up. Yeah, but
2: Rob, if you get that t-shirt, man, it says Me Dragon oh,
1: dragon. that's a flashback, man.
2: That's We're talking like
1: first 50 episodes. Mi yeah. Mi we were talking on the podcast and I'm like, look, I had to take like, literally for those who've heard the story, it took me 10 years to graduate from college, 10. Like most people are doctors when they go to college for 10 years. It's because five of the years I needed a Spanish class and I failed it every time. It was the one class I needed to graduate. And so the only thing that I learned from Spanish that I can still hold to today is miedo como es muy rápido, which is the one line I remember from the whole, you know, five years of taking Spanish.
2: And it's like me with French. My 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 worker here at the house thinks it's hilarious. I get kicked out of Spanish because I told him I, I wish I knew more. But I literally got banned from taking Spanish at Marina High School. Why? I don't you know. I guess I was such a bad student. I hardly ever came to class. We talked about ROP. I ditched school like nonstop. And I had this system where I used to bribe the, the detention ladies. There were two of them. I'm sure they're, I'd like to say they're with Jesus now, but um, they were, they were up there a bit. And we are talking like 40, no, I'm not 60, 30 years ago. Yeah. 30 years ago. I'm almost 50. And uh so I, I would bring them like, I'd go across the street to Savon's and I would buy like potpourries, like in the little like glass with the little fancy silver cap on it. And I'd give them those and they'd be like, "Okay, oh, okay, no, I, I'm not making this up. They'd be like, okay, uh, we'll take off two Saturday schools. So breakfast club, I, w- I had six months of breakfast club. I was like John Bender, you know, that's another, that's another one. I can keep this going all day. You, you ever seen breakfast club? You mess with the bull, you're going to get the horn. That's the one. That's the one. There's one more. Yeah, that was me. And it was because... At a certain number of ditching classes, they have to roll them into Saturday schools um, for you to actually serve enough detention. So they should have just kicked me out of school. Um, But come that fateful day, I got called into the the office and they said, um, Hey, you're not going to graduate. You're going to have to repeat your senior year unless, because that's when you go to school at like seven in the morning, you get off at like 11. That's what I did. I took zero period and then I took up through fourth. Then I was done for the day. I took those because you could take five classes senior year. And homeboy had to go to ROP class afterwards and spend every afternoon. That's how that You got
1: to be careful when you yell because that mic setting just cuts you out when you do that. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, no
1: excited preaching on this podcast.
2: No. No. Okay. Well, I duly noted. So, anyways, um, I don't know where I was going with that.
1: Oh, there was yeah, no point. So, Just like our smack talk usually has no point. Pretty
2: much. That's pretty much it. Yeah.
1: So that was that was it, man. I I had the system worked out, so I
2: never. Oh, Spanish. So I was kicked out of Spanish class because I never. Um, I I never was there, and so when I did show up, I remember the teacher taking me aside and saying. You're not taking Spanish. I'm like, I need a foreign language. She goes, yeah, you know, you're you're never taking Spanish in this department. I will not have you. She was over the Spanish program. And she was like, I won't have you in any of the classes here. You can take French or German. I'm like, okay. I guess So I'm thinking, uh, all I know is ich benign Berliner, <laughs> you know,
1: can't do any romancing with that one. So I I'll took, take French. I took Greek at Biola because I was like, oh, I won't what? have to speak it. So if I just take biblical Greek, all I got to do is learn how to read it. That was just wow. as bad as, as Spanish. That was that was a, that was a huge mistake in my life. <laughs> how can we never think about the fact that
2: nobody ever busts out like Lenten Greek biblical Greek? I know it's a dead language, but it's not the same by the way, if you're yeah. listening, it's not the same as what they speak in Greece today. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting. yeah.
1: Well, uh, what's been going on in your life, Pete Mitchell? I don't know, man, nothing, everything, you know, since our last podcast, I had that other surgery. Oh yeah. How'd that go? It was good. I'm still alive. So, you know, that's always a positive. Best thing about when they do surgeries, you all the ice cream. (laughs) You get ice cream? No, I limit my, my ice cream intake to once a week. Did they give you ice chips? No. No, someone was asking me
2: about the gas.
1: Someone was asking me, did they, uh, how long did they let you recover before they sent you home? I'm like, dude, they wheeled me out on the corner while I was still under. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's he's out, he's out, (laughs) which isn't all that untrue, too. I'm not kidding. Like, like, yeah, I was still out of it when they wheeled me out.
2: Every night I do this thing with my kids where I do a funny video. Have we talked about that? And sometimes I take them through like the Lego Bible. Have you ever seen that thing? Hmm. So We'll do like the little quiet time and then we'll do that. But man, I am telling you, it, it, we'll do funny videos. And the ones were like, uh, people are getting woken up. Like guys that fall asleep at work. And They just get woken up and startled and people reacting when they're awoken in public places. Oh my gosh, those are the best. Those are funnier than almost anything else, except any, any video that has. Not immoral. It's just.
1: Okay. You were cutting out there at the end. So I thought you had more to say on that. Why am I cutting out your mic? What
2: is going on with my mic?
1: You're trying to you're trying to tell the big tech companies to automatically mute loud things. Well, big tech now mutes everything they want to mute. So yeah, you know. it's true. It's true. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, but anyway,
2: I don't have any smack talk. Nothing happened to me this week.
1: I had someone invite me to uh, the the January sixth event in DC. <laughs> A friend of oh, mine was really? trying. To, a friend of mine was trying to get me to go out there. I'm like, wow. Uh, first of all, I'm not a Trump supporter. Those who listen to the podcast, and this person knew I didn't vote for Trump too, but they know I'm I'm a conservative. So you know, they figured, hey, you know, come out anyway. But I'm really glad I didn't go to that because I could have seen myself going, oh, dude, cool. Everyone's walking in the Capitol. I want to see the Capitol. I've never seen the Capitol before. <laughs> like I wouldn't <laughs> even be thinking about it. Like we're in there to destroy the thing. I'd just be like, oh, wow. So, because, you know, everyone's walking in between the red ropes. I would have been like, yeah, yeah, you know, take out the cameras, take pictures. So,
2: man, that's so funny. I did go to the Capitol years ago um, as an adult with my wife. And uh, all, all, all I can remember is being like, oh yeah, the Capitol pool, that's there. That's, that's big. Wow, those steps are big. But there was Amish people there. And they got off a bus. And I had never met Amish people. I would seen Witness with Harrison Ford. Because, hello, Star Wars, right? But a bit disappointed when I saw it as a kid, though, that hey, he's not got a laser gun in this. And, and I was that young. I was like, what? But um, no bullwhip, no fedora. But, um, but I had to talk to these Amish people. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because they got off a bus. Like, they didn't wheel up in a horse and buggy. So I was like, okay. Help me out here. So, all I remember that night is chatting with Amish people about when they cheat. About what? When they cheat on electricity. They they, they cheat. But like, well,
1: sometimes, you know, we, we have to use modern uh, conveniences. See, when you uh, said when they cheat, I'm thinking like the cheater show. <laughs> like... When they step out on their spouse, I'm like,
2: because I mentioned witness and, you know, she cheats with Harrison.
1: Wait, wait a second here. You mean like they got a whole protocol when they cheat? Like they're willing to talk about this openly.
2: First we shave his beard. (laughs) (laughs) Then we take his suspenders. We're going to get, oh no, we're not going to get any Amish complaints, are we?
1: That so reminds (laughs) me of Leviticus. Pete, we haven't seen you outside the camp. Uh, is everything all right there at home? You remember that conversation? No. Oh, you were doing through the Bible for Leviticus, right? Do you remember that? Wasn't it Leviticus? Yeah, it was through the word. Yeah. through the Yeah. Word. And, you know, there's certain, you know, when you have marital relations, you had to leave the camp. And I remember going, I'd be like pissed and people would be like, Pete, we haven't seen you outside the camp in a while. Is everything all right there at home? Everything all right at home? Everything cool between you and the wife? You haven't been unclean for, for weeks. We haven't seen you out there. Peyton's like, I practically live outside the camp. What's up? What's going on? <laughs> oh, man. Well, oh, the Bible is so fun.
2: Have I mentioned that on through the word right now? I'm going through Song of Solomon.
1: Are you recording it? It's not. It's not live, is it?
2: Ooh, no, it's not live yet. No, but uh, let me say and her something. hair is like a goat, a beautiful goat, and, and her, her teeth is like a flock of sheep. And they are all there.
1: <laughs> I cannot oh, wait to he? hear how you go through Song of Solomon.
2: Oh my gosh! So I'm having these because you know I'm a little. I'm sexually like I'm bashful, man. Like I'm not. I'm not like. You know, you you're my friend. You know, I don't uh, sec, uh, sexual jokes are not my thing. But here's here's the funny thing, right? Um, I I'm going through this thing, and it's a poem. It's like a parable. There are layers to this thing, and intentionally so. So if you're ten and you're reading Song of Solomon, you get what you're supposed to get out of it. If you're twenty. And you're going through it, you get what you're supposed to get out of it. And if you've been married for many years and you read those same passages, you get like there are layers. There is like a PG rating on if, if you're reading it with a certain innocence level, there is a R rating. And then there's like an X rating. And this book was a masterpiece. I, I know it's a song of songs. Some people think it's Solomon. I'm thinking it had to be Solomon wrote this thing. Because it is a masterpiece. It's mm. like a parable where you come to it and you either get it or you don't. It is, a, it is something that is very much on. It, it's a revealed. It's not stated expressly. And there are some racy passages in there that until I started studying it, I was like, oh, I have never seen that before. My goodness. That's quite detailed. Interesting. <laughs> We ain't talking about door latches
1: here anymore.
2: We're talking about something else. So
1: that's funny, man. I yeah, w- so you got to tell me when that thing comes out on through the word. I will, but I I
2: I was talking to Andrew, and I'm like, I have to keep this thing, it it focus on the family level here. Like I can't I can't be hey, by the way, like, I can't bring myself to talk like that. And Song of Solomon is written the way it was written for a reason. And I point that out at the beginning and say, hey, it's like a parable. You, you know, there's very much about what's revealed to you. You, you. you either get it or you don't. But it is amazing to me that the innocence of the reader is protected. And, of course, that's that's the point of Song of Solomon is it's like the Garden of Eden. It's, it's innocent. You enter into the Garden of Eden when you're reading that book where sexual things are within the confines of that walled garden it's everything's the way it's supposed to be it's pretty rad interesting it's kind of a masterpiece yeah. yeah so i'm enjoying prepping for that and getting ready for that so yeah it's been cool
1: hmm but, uh, good times are had by all little uncomfortable times <laughs> it's funny man i got to go back and reread it I just remember thinking, you know, and her hair was like that of a goat. (laughs) This was like, this is great, man. You You know, know,
2: I remember, you know, we used to punk our youth pastors because we were like the bad news bears. I mean, these were all the kids that were like addicts and like the kids that got expelled in my youth group. Those of you, anyone listening from my youth group will remember, like there was a girl that blacked out, had a heart attack in class and and cocaine like these yeah i was gonna say how much drugs
1: is that girl doing
2: yeah yeah she was doing cocaine she blacked out eight days like it was kind of an urban legend she was in our youth group there was a guy that wrapped a truck around a telephone pole um he used to have alcoholica spray paint all over his truck and all the all the druggy kids they all got saved so like it it was it was funny because um we were a bunch of punks, so we would do all this terrible stuff during youth group. And we'd we'd write a bunch of us were musicians. I wasn't. I mean, I I thought I could sing, but um, started drumming for a bit. But we used to um, we used to write songs about our youth leaders, and then play them. And then we they'd go, "Hey guys, it's just you know, come on, don't do this. Disrespectful." We used to sing the girl parts, you know, like back then, like worship songs. They'd have the girl parts and the and the boy parts. We would sing the girl parts. We thought that was funny, and then um, we would uh, we had a Swedish guy that went to the church. We would talk like him. We would pretend to be him teaching the Bible study our pastor just gave, and we'd be laughing hard. We'd be crying. We we were terrible, dude. Like we would uh, we went down to um, Garden Grove Boulevard to do um, like ministry in, in like outside the gay bars, seeing Christmas carols. And we found some really weird people. And we decided like the next week we go stake them out. And we did like, it was terrible, dude. We, we were, we were the bad news bearers of youth groups and we love the Lord, but we just had like this wicked streak. And, um, but we would, there would be nights where our youth pastor would be like, Hey, um, you guys want to, um, you want to, uh, any questions you have, you know, I'm not going to teach your Bible time. I'm just going to take your questions. and we would we would look for the verses that were the most difficult verses. Um, like I remember one guy, he he picks the voice, uh, the verse out of um, uh, what was it Ecclesiastes, where it's like you know drown your sorrows, you know you know alcohol will do it, you know wine will will help ease the pain. And he's bringing us up and our youth pastors like women, like uh, 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 what it means, what it means, John. Because they, they would do the whole uh, kind of obtuse, like uh, we would do the, what was that guy on TV um, combo? Uh, yeah. but, but, but I don't understand, you know, and we keep doing that. We just mess with him. And he was rad. Like, I, I feel bad even saying all this because our youth group was awesome. But we, we, we picked that verse out. Um, what should we do? And, and I think it's like uh, chapter eight song, a song, what should we do? For our sister has no breasts. And we would, we would ask him and he would just look at us and go, all right, next. <laughs> okay. You know? And then he'd be like, uh, we need to talk afterwards. So we learned, we learned. I remember
1: being like a little kid and like, either calling you or voxing you and being like Deuteronomy 11 right and I'd be like yeah look at that verse it was it was funny
2: yes yes they are in there but that's what I love about you know like that passage I just mentioned uh about the brothers that's an awesome passage like when you understand it and I wish you know back then like you go back in time It would have been a rad teaching moment for him to be like, well, let me explain that to you because it actually matters to you guys right here. This this actually means something. It would have been cool. but Yeah, the Bible, the, the more you dig into it, the more you read it, the more you're like... Because I want to be very clear. There's not a wasted word in there. Like every jot and tittle in there, like Jesus said, is amazing and precious.
1: And Except for the genealogy. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. No, dude. Ten chapters of names. Come on. Come on. Dude. So you want to know.
2: That was amazing. That was God's goodness to me. Because just so you guys know, I had to do first and second Chronicles this year. And yeah, there's nine chapters, man, of genealogy. And each day that I would come to that as like I have to do it through the word on this chapter genealogy, God would just give me these nuggets. And I'd be like, this is awesome. So, yeah. So, I, I got to say, every day that I went there, I was surprised at what I found in there. Because for them, they knew this. Sure. What yeah. I was discovering, this was just common knowledge to their culture. So when they read that, their mind, and that's what I brought up, is their mind was popping off. They had this oral tradition. They knew all these stories. It was part of being Jewish. You had to memorize certain. They knew all this stuff. So when they saw those names, that stuff popped in their memory, and it actually communicated to them the story about God and how he revealed himself to them. So even that was cool. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. So, are we going to actually have a topic on this podcast, or is this the topic? Well, the
2: topic was meant to be today, um, discipleship. So, uh, I I don't know if uh, this is just the worst podcast ever.
1: (laughs) So, what happens when all of a sudden I get a text from Peyton? uh, By the way, I can't record until the 13th of January. Oh, okay.
2: Well, it has been a wonderful. Yeah, it, it, I might be a little rusty after that break. Let me tell you, but uh, but yeah. So, um, well, we we can get into discipleship. I mean, we got twenty minutes. We've we got to stop spending forty minutes on our on our smack talk. You
1: know, but really, I don't think we were that long. Not on the podcast. Maybe see, we're only thirty six oh, minutes live yeah, yeah. online, and it was like. Okay three or four minutes of us chatting before we even recorded for the podcast. That's
2: true. That's true. And you know, the world did fall apart. So funny enough, I do a a webinar every other week with Daniel Yang. And all that was Daniel Yang. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He's director of Send Institute. Really awesome guy. I mean, if I ever, you know how, like I'd written the textbook. Do you do it for
1: exponential? Who are you doing it for?
2: Yeah, it's for exponential. So they, they approached me and said, Hey, who would you want? Uh, in the church planning world as your guest or your your guest host. And really he was my first pick. So I was really happy he said yes. Cause I used to work with that guy, at Sin, before they um when they brought him on to do the Sin Institute, which researches mission, but he's just super cool. Super down to earth, super cool, super knowledgeable, very gifted. And uh so he makes me look good. Right. He's
1: he's way smarter than I am. It's kind of like how I make you look good. Gotcha.
2: Totally, totally. Well,
1: without you, this thing wouldn't happen, right? So um, that's just so because no one knows how to upload it except for me. I hit the true. upload button, and you do don't know, know how to... to
2: upload it now. I do. Do it? who but
1: do remember, you use? Remember, um, I was using um,
2: Libsyn, right? Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I was using. Welcome Libsyn. to the club. I did it for a while, although I don't think I did. No, I didn't do you. You've always done this. But I remember I was handling like the whoever it was we we're using to pay for it for a while. Remember that back in the day? I what do you mean? Still be? Do I still pay for the podcast? I don't remember.
1: No, I do. Oh, okay,
2: I did it for a while, didn't I? Did
1: yeah, you really you paid for, for it for a while when you were. I think you had a sponsor or something. Yeah, and so you took on the bill, the twenty dollars a month. Yeah, Ooh, big spender.
2: Maybe maybe after today's episode, it's not a good time to say. Hey, by the way, we're taking sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, we're eight years into this. We've talked about everything for eight years. So, uh, we should go uh, back
1: and really re listen to those first like 10 episodes just to hear how bad we were back in the day.
2: Oh, man. I, you know, it, this is the thing. I almost feel we were probably better back then. Um, we were definitely wilder. I, I think now I don't we're know. Already, we're, I remember we're you almost 10 years older, dude.
1: It was like episode four, and you're like, uh, I can't make it. Uh, but I got Chris Langham to do it. So, why don't you talk to him about Through the Word? Like, Literally today,
2: if I if I had known I was on talking about through the word today, I would have had Chris on to talk about through the word. Is the, maybe today should just be a catch up episode, or should we get into discipleship? I'm I'm good either way, but um,
1: I, hey, you're in charge of content. I'm color commentary. That's I'm the role. Making it up as I go,
2: brother. I'm making it up as I go.
1: Yeah, coming. My coming job is to go. Huh? I dig it. That's my job. I got it right there. I'm done.
2: Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well,
1: see what everybody missed before we started recording on the podcast is I could see behind Peyton for the first time. I'm like, you got the Apocrypha on your back shelf. He's like, oh, no, yeah. I don't. Oh, I go, yeah, you do. It's in that. It's Apocrypha's in there. And he looks at it and he's like, oh, yeah, I do have the Apocrypha. None of that 66 only books for us. I, I like how the prophets is called the writings. Oh, is that what it is? I don't even remember. I got mine, oh, no, but it's no, no, no. on no, another no shelf. The
2: writings are uh, the the, poetries, the the Psalms and Proverbs. Oh, okay, Ecclesiastes in I can tell you've cracked
1: you've cracked open that Bible when you're like, Oh
2: yeah, yeah, I, I use it every day. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Didn't even know the Apocrypha was in it.
1: See, here's the cool thing. This is what I was sharing before. That was from I don't even remember what the guy called it, but it was a Kickstarter campaign. Where he was like, you know, one of the problems that people have is we got all these verse numbers. And so we're taking the original American standard version of the Bible and we're stripping out all of the the verse numbers. And we're just letting people be able to read the Bible the way it was originally written, just obviously in English. And so that we don't have it all broken up. And he ended up collecting like $1.5 million from that Kickstarter because everyone loved this idea. And that's why they broke it up the way they did. And I was looking at it, going, "This is brilliant." The dude take a public domain version of the Bible, a translation of the Bible, and ends up selling one point five million dollars worth of it. <laughs> I'm like it's brilliant as a marketer. So yeah, yeah, that was kind of brilliant. It? And it took it them a long it. time to come out with it because they had to like yeah. modernize the American Standard version because of the we don't talk that same way as that right. version. Right.
2: Yeah, I think it sounded like a really good idea up front. It was kind of like, remember. remember that? I one, wonder the
1: if he actually made a profit or if he ended up having to spend most of it to like right. produce it. I wonder. I wonder because I'm sure he had to pay a a pretty chunk of
2: change. I mean, it's a nice set. You know, but that's a it, thing. You know, it's a nice set. It's very. It nice. must have done okay though, because I saw it advertised recently again. No kidding. And it has a wooden box around it. By the way, guys, um, we have decided on the fly. We're we're this is just going to be a catch up, <laughs>
1: smack talk. Welcome, Welcome to the to Church Funner Podcast, everybody. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and today we're just doing catch up.
2: Yeah, catch up, smack talk, New Year. So. Uh, one thing I did do was go away um, during the. Um,
1: <laughs> okay. Joel Barker says I've been listening since the first episode. This is definitely not the worst episode. So I want to know what was the worst episode. <laughs> like that's where my mind is going.
2: Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Joel. I appreciate it. If you said that only for me, uh, I appreciate that. Cause I, I feel a little ashamed that we've come back. I had discipleship ready to go for your church plant and uh, we didn't do it, but I guarantee you next next week will be the best ever, ever episode we've ever done. This uh, year. Joel. This year. Yeah. Joel, I, I just got to ask you, since you've um, been with us for eight years, are you normal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we love and abuse our audience. Of course, you know that already. I think that's what you like about us. But, yeah, so I went away, and um, it was so weird, man. I think I mentioned this. Um, if you guys want real ministry talk, go over to Ministry Ninja Podcast, which uh, we've been doing, and come back here next week.
1: And, and when he says we, now. he doesn't mean me, because then it wouldn't be real ministry talk.
2: No. it's Yeah. Andrew and I and Barry, so it's got a little Welsh, uh, Welshness. Uh, it
1: is. How is Barry doing? He's doing
2: awesome, dude. But is they're he? on lockdown. So, yeah, I mean… And it's rough there. So, like, for them, they couldn't leave their house on Christmas. So, they were in lockdown, lockdown. They basically canceled any Christmas gatherings, period. And if you were found outside your house on Christmas, you got to find, dude.
1: So, has Melissa wised up? Has she realized the error of her ways? (laughs) With Barry? What other other mistake is there in her life? (laughs) Well, with No, I I got to imagine Whales is so... I got to imagine Wales is so beautiful that I I honestly don't see how that could be a mistake going to Wales. It's the people. It's the place I'm telling
2: you, it is just every day I wake up every day and just think to myself, I I should get a t-shirt. I'd rather be in Wales. That'd be cool.
1: Just make sure they spell Wales, right? Or that t-shirt could take on a whole different meaning.
2: Or it could be the slide you put up for the Jonah study. That's all I'm saying. (laughs)
1: You know where I'd really like to go? I'd really like to go to Ireland. Yeah. Northern yeah. Ireland. I'd like to go spend you know, some time.
2: I lived in Wales for 12 years, and I went to Ireland once on mm. a day trip. I just think about, went over there, saw some stuff, um, drank some
1: Guinness, came home.
2: I wasted that.
1: Well, as, as a Christian, I would never drink beer. Huh? What
2: Guinness you know, tastes different in Ireland. That's what I hear. Yeah, it that's does taste different. Someone told me that, and I went, to, and that's why I got one because I thought well, because I was a firefighter at the time, and I thought, uh, you know, I just every time we do a fire call, that that was the funny thing is they'd always go to the pub after what they call a shout. So you go stinky and sweaty and have a have a pint of beer and go home. That's funny. So some guys that have more than a pint of beer, but I would only have one. But
1: uh, yeah, I should be working for Nam right now. I haven't had a beer in two years. You should be two years. Yeah, I would, yeah, man. I would, I would meet their criteria. Yeah, man. Release that inner Southern Baptist. <laughs> what would you do for a thousand dollars? Oh man. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I'm not going to go into it anymore. Anyway. Don't, don't, <laughs> do don't that. go there.
2: Don't go there. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> oh man. If
2: you've been to the podcast, you know, that's our safe word. So,
1: you, oh, you know, is a podcast
2: even... is good when it has to have a safe word.
1: That to me, that's the funniest thing, right? Uh, what's your podcast, Church Planner Podcast? Oh, and we have a safe word when we're going too far. Hey, did
2: you speaking of safe words and uh, did you see did I send you that clip of the guy who streaked through the ultimate ninja challenge? Yes, American Ninja. Yes, and he had red hair. And I was like, he has done a great service to your people, he is honored, he is honored the redhead. Prized. I was like, that was "Okay, a feat. wouldn't
1: you hate to be the guy after him?" And what if you didn't get as far as the streaker? Who like he went really far. He was good. He was really good. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, I would hate to be the guy after him. And what if you like blow it on the first oh, obstacle? And that guy made it almost to the end.
2: I was dying when I saw that, especially when he hits that wall. Where he got <laughs> to the splits on the gut. The commentator's like,
1: "Oh." <laughs> I think that was
2: in Las Vegas. Wasn't it in Las Vegas? It was. It was. And it had to have been planned though. It, that could not it, have.
1: It kind of felt like it, but it not, was so funny. The
2: commentators reactions though seem legit. I don't they think probably they didn't knew. Know. I don't think they knew. Yeah. It, cause that was pretty darn funny watching them on that. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, so Andrew and I went away. Um, we celebrated a birthday and then, you know, it, it's funny, man, cause in 20, January, 2020, I, I was sick as a dog. I think I've mentioned, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. Um, I got it at the Portland airport. It got stranded there overnight and then, um, ended up, uh, heading to, um, uh, Oregon where normally like, we'll, we'll go up there for a week or two, go out in the snow. Brother-in-law's got a condo up there. And, um, I was so sick. I couldn't make any goals. Well, then COVID hits. It's like they, they wouldn't have done any good anyways. Plus I was still working on that textbook. But this year, um, if you listen to the last podcast we did, I'm pretty sure I talked about forward planning goals. I don't keep track. But um, man, this has just been an amazing year for planning. I am I am ready to go, brother. I'm, I'm back to my old systems, back to ready ready to do it, man. So it's good. Nice. Plus, I got a textbook coming out in April. Did I mention wait, that? Wait, wait, wait. You have another book coming out? I have a book. It's called Church Plantology, and it's coming out. But, you know, it, it's funny. Um, I will probably in future uh, shift after either one of two things. Either I'll write a part two to that book, which I don't know if we'll, we'll see how that book does. Um, but I have enough content to write a whole, like, second level, you know, which could be like now that you've got this foundation here's the next the next principles or whatever we're building deeper on them but um I, I, now that i'm doing through the word you know as my day job i gotta tell you man i am thinking i'm gonna start writing some very um low-level commentaries kind of like warren weirsby did have you ever seen what, his b series
1: what does it mean when you say i do through the word all day like does that mean you're prepping or recording audios or do you do yeah. other stuff for through the word?
2: Yeah. So I, so my, my role is really content management for them. Kind of like a text exponential. So what, what I'm doing with them is, um, you know, obviously I've got audio guides. They have those audio guides. So I produce a certain number of them. Also, if you go to you version, you'll usually find one of our, um, can you hear me? It's yeah. Like really loud behind me. Yeah. But, um, it, what they've got is they've got these Bible basics explained, which are like book level, entry level um, pieces of content. Like usually three days, ten minutes each. Um, what does the Bible have to say about prayer? What does it have to say about salvation? What is it? You know, real entry level, basic believers. That, and so I'll produce those. Dude, that
1: is so loud. Can you hear it?
2: I'll be really
1: no, because it's it's here. doing its job. But uh, by yeah. the way. Adam Richardson, he reminded us, we didn't say cha-ching. what? We didn't oh, say cha-ching. cha-ching.
2: Oh, Adam, thanks. I you mentioned your book. See, That's, uh, I'm getting rusty. Uh, you know, this is the first day back in the new year. So, you know, maybe we get a hall pass, but uh, cha-ching. So, um, but I want to write these like, and I want to call them like Bible Ninja commentaries. I don't think we I have to self-publish these things.
1: You know what you should just do? Oh, here you go. Here's Here's a cool idea. Take all of your audio recordings, transcribe them. Yeah, there you go.
2: So I have to handwrite, or I have to not handwrite, but I type up all my
1: scripts. And oh, do you really?
2: Yeah. Wow, you really so,
1: prepared. Oh, dude! Like here would be me. Okay, let me let me bust out the Bible here. Okay, I got to talk about this now. All right, here we go.
2: Well, think about it. So I've got Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and you know, I mean, what I would do is build them out a little bit, but I don't want to make these big giant fat. Warren Wearsby came on the scene. What he did is he distilled years of ministry into something that was more devotional and everything in a good sermon was in there. So a lot of guys copied him, which isn't good because you're not going to grow that way. But if you ever wanted to learn how to exposit and apply the Bible and illustrate it, Warren Wearsby's B-theories is amazing.
1: But I, I think it, I have his B series. I got you told me to get one of them for uh for actually, Wayne.
2: Like, this set right here. I don't know, can you see it? Yeah. That set right there is that. These are his sermon outlines.
1: Those are the, nah, see, I might it I don't, I don't think it's the sermon did, outlines.
2: With the word, um, you know, a little something on every chapter. Um, uh, but anyways, I'm I'm quickly starting to head into that but you know something that tyrone uh white tyrone hid.
1: Uh, Formerly known as
2: known the church planner no formally known as white tyrone yeah there you uh, go. he doesn't like to be called white tyrone but he he once said
1: even uh, though he introduced himself to us that way hey
2: i'm tyrone I'm the only white tyrone you'll ever meet i'll yeah. never forget that how do you ever forget that right and then
1: how do you have a problem when we call him white tyrone that's how you introduce he yourself didn't to didn't
2: us know who he's dealing with he didn't know that from then on he would be dubbed white Tyrone but then and then know, I, I love how he I love him. how he has
1: to sit down with us all right guys don't call me white Tyrone and what do we do on the very next podcast uh the church planner formerly known as white Tyrone hey,
2: we respect Prince and we respect you Tyrone. <laughs> Tyrone so anyways um but I remember him saying once he's like hey man is there any tool that planners because when you're jumping into a church plant, right, like you either have been studying the Bible for years and are ready to go, or like Tyrone, where he was like, hey, I came from a Pentecostal charismatic movement. and That wasn't really the emphasis. Now, you know, hey, guys from a word-based movement, you know, hey, bust out a miracle, right? Tyrone did what Tyrone could do. You know, he used his gifts. But he was like, is there anywhere? So, I'm wrestling through, do I do something because one of my dreams would be to go through and and apply principles out of every chapter of the Bible to church planning because i I know that you're hearing that and i'm I hear it too it it sounds like it would be forced but it's not it's literally not the principles that you find in the Bible seek their way because church planning is not its own thing that's i mean that's that's the amazing thing about church planning church planning is not its own topic church planning is a part of a, it's the advancement of the kingdom. Well, what's the old Testament about from the garden of Eden to the establishment of Israel, the, the rise and decline, the establishment of the kingdom, the John the Baptist coming announcing the, the establishment of the kingdom. So all of these things, when you think about it, this is just the latest incarnation of the expansion of the kingdom. So part of me is like, always thought, well, should I, I could go through and do, but I think it's too narrow. So I just want to maybe do something that's kind of like a a wider, broader, just, Hey, this is the Bible. And then if that stuff's laced throughout there, great, you know, but it, not have it be for church planters specifically. Interesting. Not really, but you know, I was filling time, but Hey, it's time to sign off. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, then Berters, I guess we can't checking, still, still not the worst one ever because uh, we might've been angling for it the last few minutes. Uh, Steve uh, actually has an
1: interesting question, but I don't think we had time to answer it.
2: What is it? Let me let me hear it now. I
1: don't. I so why I'll was your time at one Expo one so so short lived? I didn't think you were there that short of a time. I thought you were there. I for, was there
2: for six months. Oh, is that it? Um, yeah, they. I'm still working with them. So um, I think it's.
1: I hear. Let me answer it for you. It's because they thought they were getting a package deal, and they thought I was coming along with you. No, wasn't them. And then and then when when I said, look, guys. I can't do exponential. They were like, oh, well, we can't really get rid of Peyton. We'll just string them along and then we'll cut him."
2: So I still, I still do stuff with and for exponential. And I have for years, like they would always joke around and say I was an honorary team member for years before, but um, working with them was amazing. And I loved, like, I, I'm a huge fan of Todd Wilson. That dude's amazing. Being around him is amazing. Um, dude is a mega genius and, you know, it takes a skill because he's, he's got his hand in so many different pies. And he's, I mean, he was so only plays. a nuclear engineer, so, you right. know, Oh dude, one of the smartest people hands down I've ever met. And just, he is who he says he is, um, exponential are who they say they are. Like I was honored and proud to work with them. Um, no bad blood. So I'll, you'll still see me pop up with exponential, but for a full-time job, um, it was so busy that um, it, it was labor intensive and it, it coming off the textbook, those six months, man, it was like hopping off a rocket and jumping onto a spaceship, you know, and in, in warp speed. So it was, it was, it was a lot. And I remember at one point there were two things. Um, one was I I felt it was really hard call to make, but Chris Langham, the guy I handed Refuge Long Beach over to, and I'm, I'm on his board, um, he he approached me and said, hey, we had a chat one night. He came and crashed here one night and we were talking and he was just saying, hey, we need this and that. I'm thinking, well, that's what I do for Expo. And I said, I might be willing to come over there and help you guys. And he's like, you're kidding me. I, I would have never asked you because I never thought you'd, you would even do it. And I'm like, are you kidding, man? I never get to kick out my Bible jams anymore unless I'm planning. But even then, I'm rotating and circulating others into the pulpit to develop them. So it, gone are the days where I used to just labor in the word and doctrine and miss that. And at this stage in my life, I could really see doing that and leaving a legacy of that. Um, and dude, the amount of people they reach, they've got Right now, they're at 130,000 listens a day. I mean, there's not a stadium in America that can hold them. So it's like, I mean, so, uh, you know, it's amazing. And what's cool is I don't have to be famous on it. I don't, you know, it's never gonna put my name in lights. I get the joy of being able to influence as this faceless, this voice, putting the focus on Jesus that's what I need in my life right now. Mm-hmm. and um, and and to be honest, there's just I, there's no other way to say it, Steve, other than it was a tough call to make because I felt like I had to choose between two awesome uh, ventures, but you know, uh, I still believe in what exponential is doing and and I would say definitely support them. Um, and I will still continue to lend my talents and time to them.
1: And, and one of the key time. differences, too, because I know you you shared this with me, is um, through the word said, we'll hire you so long as Pete Mitchell doesn't come with you. So, I mean, it was like the exact opposite of exponential. So, you yeah.
2: Know. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's really cool because um, they're still my friends. In fact, uh, I just emailed uh, the guy that was my boss, but he was rad. I, I emailed him today. And uh, it was cool, man. Like I got to, I got to be at the kind of top, top tier of exponential and, and see how the the sausage is made. And um, yeah, great respect. So that was that was a tough call, Steve, to be honest. But I couldn't say no because Chris is a ministry partner. He's been my friend. Our wives love each other. Like we hang out as couples. It was just one of those things where it was a
1: no brainer. I thought the bulletin at Refuge Long Beach was hilarious because one day I'm reading it. And it's like uh, our pastor, Peyton Jones, married to Andrea, our other pastor, Chris Langham, married to Andrea. And I go, what kind of church is this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's weird is we're all bald
2: and uh, we're all married. to Not not the wives.
1: uh, Not the
2: wives. No, not the wives. No, it's not a cult. Not yet anyways. But uh, I do my job well soon. So, anyways, hey, that's it, guys. Um, I think it's time to sign off. But definitely, if you haven't listened to through the word, I, I'll, I brag about Chris Langham all the time. He's one of the best Bible teachers on the planet, dude. So good. And if you go on there, there's an art form to ten minutes um, doing a chapter summary. And dude's a master at it. So, um, if you get a chance, um, I mean, you you would you would be a lot um, richer in your preparation to use that. So. Uh, anyways, but Leviticus, that was fun. And Pete and I used to laugh our butts off at, at that. I remember we did a whole episode on it once. We did. Going through it, and that was fun. It was a good time. So Song of Solomon, maybe we'll come back to that.
1: That'd so, be awesome. Hey, right um, then. wait, wait. Before, let me ask you, while you're doing all this stuff at Through the Word and you're helping out all these pastors and ministers and whatnot, uh, how do you have time for all the IRS compliancy and everything that a church plant needs i mean how, how do you do all that
2: it's a very timely question pete because today is the 13th of january and by law you have to have all of your into your receipts out by the end of january so those of you that are church planners you just want to get in touch with simplifychurch.com tell you what they do is that they'll do all those for you as part of their service but they also for a dollar extra per letter they include a letter that's like a personal thank you. And I every year I do that. I write the letter and it gets popped in there. And um, But normally it's part of their service, but they'll, you know, for that dollar extra. And I'm just telling you like stuff like that, it means a lot, it matters. So um, check them out. We've been with them for years. We love them. Um, Josh Henry is an ex-church planter. So he gets it, he knows, and his staff is awesome. And their customer service, they'll give an agent to you that manages your church as well as others. And uh, they just have really good customer service. You, you, they, they kind of become like friends to you. So check them out. They're not too awfully expensive. Um, if you tell them you're a church planner, you came from us, I guarantee you they'll give you some kind of deal because that's that was Josh and I's conversation early on and he's treated everybody extremely well. So um, yeah, check them out, simplifiedchurch.com. Awesome, man. Appreciate you sharing that. All right. Well, this was a weird little episode, wasn't it? But uh, it was fun. It was it was kind of like, uh, like Seinfeld. It was the episode about nothing. Are you going to do the tagline? Thanks for joining us for the Church Planner Podcast, the podcast about nothing. Where, if you... I got to remind you if you want to reach... <laughs> if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going, like we did today, and do what nobody's doing. We'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by The Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com.